Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us today at the Pan-African Parliament in Midran, South Africa, is Ms. Lloyd Kasingo from Namibia, where she has been a Member of Parliament since 1996. She's been Chairperson of the Committee on the Constitutional and Legal Affairs from 2005 to 2010. She served as Deputy Minister of Home Affairs from 2000 to 2005, Deputy Minister of Regional and Local Government and Housing from 1990 to 2000, and she has been Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly of Namibia since 2010. And previously, she served at the Pan-African Parliament as a Vice President representing the Southern African region. Welcome to the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Good day, everybody. Ms. Kasingo, according to your bio, you joined SWAPO in 1975. And when I looked at this, you seem to have worked and touched almost every section of the machinery that makes things work, from being in the Treasury to education, justice, workers' union. Exactly. But um, what have really um, uh, influenced my life and to respect everybody irrespective of the level of consciousness in terms of education is when I was involved in trade union movement. Uh, during that time, it teach me to respect human beings, to respect women, to respect everybody, regardless the level of education of what the person has. And I should think is the basis of me preparing me uh, to where I am in politics. I'm sure there must have been a lot of, of empathy development uh, within yourself so that you can really relate to people. Now that you're in your, your current role as Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly of Namibia, could you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do and, and the responsibilities that come with that position? Okay. As a, a Deputy Speaker of the uh, National Assembly of um, the Republic of Namibia, uh, quickly, you might recall that uh, in Namibia we are bicameral. We have got a um, uh, national council consisting of representing from the uh, regions, and we have got a national assembly, which is the first legislature to make law, and we refer it to the national council for review. Um, it's a job I like, although it's full of challenges. When you sit there as Madam Chair, it's very difficult to accommodate everybody in particular from different political parties, but I managed. And I also read that some of your, your interest areas, that you've got a special focus on workers' rights, on labor, youth, and women issues, as well as the African Union and it, its organs. Yeah, exactly. In particular, the workers and also the, 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 the challenge facing Africa. When I joined um, um, Pan-African Parliament more than 10 years um, ago, I realized that uh, there is a big, huge challenge in Africa. 
um, in terms of women upliftment, in terms of empowering uh, youth, and also to ensure that uh, uh, Africa uh, natural resources is benefiting its people. Uh, here at the Pan-African Parliament, we debate and recommend very useful recommendation, but unfortunately, we are just a talk show. Up to now, we don't have a, a, a power to make law to bind our um, uh, national parliament or national state in the continent. And do you find after participating in these sessions, after having, I, I'm sure there must be an appreciation for tremendous diversity from people from every country that you come together, you brainstorm. How can you ensure that it doesn't just remain a talk shop, that you can take back those concepts and, and have them invested into the countries? Yeah, at the times you are challenged and you take some of um, the, um, uh, so some of the debate home uh, to ensure that uh, probably the national, your national assembly is implementing them. But here at uh, Pan-African Parliament, we want at least to make model law so that in specific issues, we, all the African continent, can follow that model law. For example, the, 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 the movement of people. Uh, th that is easy to make model law, and also the health issues. Health doesn't know boundary, it doesn't know nationality. But unfortunately, we are struggling to ensure that um, the protocol, uh, which will give the uh, Pan-African Parliament to make, uh, power to make law, is only six uh, member states who signed and ratified and I was told also somehow 11 who signed but not ratified. We are still far because uh, to ensure that uh, we, the protocol go into uh, a motion, it should be ratified by 27 plus one, member state of AU. So as a PAP member, we are struggling to convince our head of state, to convince our relevant government to uh, ratify that particular protocol. And it seems like it's, it's a slow-moving machinery because you, you meet relatively infrequently, but to shift the line to get 27 plus 1, that's a hard ask. It is. It is very, very, very hard, but uh, the Bureau, the, the Bureau of PAP, Bureau, we mean the, the, uh, the president with um, the other vice president, will work out a strategy to visit region to region to convince. Uh, I should think there is a fear in the member state to lose their power, to lose their independence. But uh, uh, during our term, when I was uh, vice president during 2012-2015, we have done our level best to convince them. As a result, that was the best of what we call Malabo Protocol, or PAP Protocol, which was adhered to it by the head of state in Malabo 2014. In that, although we wanted DDPP to have a power to legislate, we changed it so that we can allude the fear of the member state. And in terms of that protocol, it's only power to make no law.
and you are not asking more than that. So there have been successes, which, which is wonderful. Hi, I'm Zonke Digana, a South African Afro-Soul musician, songwriter and producer. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Today, we're talking to Ms. Lloyd Kasingo, who is the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly of Namibia. We're here at the Pan-African Parliament, and you're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity. We've spoken about sort of the, the governance of being able to move things around. What would you say in relation specifically to, to women's upliftment and empowering youth, what would you say have been some of the outcomes of the conversations this week? Okay, um, uh, b before I go to uh, this week's conversation, let me just tell you that uh, at the PAP we have got a, a caucus which is called Caucus on Youth. It's called Caucus on Youth because although the leadership is youth MP, but anyone who has got youth in mind, although you are senior, you can join them. Yeah, the deliberation of um, this week, we, we, we have workshop on um, um, refugee, internal displaced people, and also um, elect, uh, democracy, uh, electoral, democ uh, elect, electoral democracy. All those topics touch about women. For example, when it comes to the conflict, when it comes to um, internal displaced uh, persons, when it comes to immigration, women are the most to suffer. They're the majority, they are also the most to suffer. And henceforth, they call uh, from this Pan-African Parliament to sensitize our member state, those who didn't come up with a law to make law to protect the refugees as well as to protect the internally displaced people and in particular the women and the girl ch uh, ch children in that, in that setup. As well as um, um, also to ensure, for example, uh, you cannot talk of um, economic upliftment without um, also debating on the climate change. The debate was also that uh, women are also victims of climate change. I recall that uh, at any level, whether grassroots, rural, the women are there to gather food, to feed their family, but at the same time when it's drought, they are also the people who will suffer. Whilst we're on the topic of, of women and aspects that are influencing women, so refugee status, displaced persons, looking at agriculture, looking at climate, what about the role of technology? Has that come into any of the conversations? Yeah, te technology has come in terms of education, quality education, um, uh, generally for the youth and also in particular for the, for the, for the, for the girl children. Um, student because the debate was also that uh, uh, within, for example, selected refugee camps, uh, it was argued, not general, but in specific certain situation, find out that uh, the girl child only attend up to the primary level. And when they graduate in certain countries, certain situation, 
they are not accepted in secondary level. Henceforth, when we go back, we should sensitize our government. When they um, ratify uh, UN Convention 1951 related to refugee, our respective government should not make reservation. They should ensure that uh, even the refugee children should get public education, public the right to take part in public uh, schools. You're so right. And education is its a critical tool in the hands of, of anyone, but more so in, in a woman's hands. UNESCO, I think, have done numerous studies where they said that every year a girl goes to school, mm -hmm. it equates to a 10% yield in terms of the income she, she makes. She has the knowledge, the know-how to look after her family, to reduce child mortality, to improve on benefits. So education all round is so important. Turning towards more of a home front for you in Namibia, I saw that there was a, a dramatic increase in the representation of women in the National Assembly, growing from 24% in 2009 to 47% in 2015. And I understand that in part that's due to parity, so putting in, uh, interventions in place on, on parity roles. You're a lady leader. Your prime minister, your deputy prime minister are all women leaders. And I think that when women occupy prominent positions in government, you serve as role models to other women of what's possible. You serve as role models to men of what is possible for women. And having this gender representation, it's important for policy development as well as implementation. Can you share your thoughts? Yes, thank you. Even here, uh, during the debate, we debate on it, we debate on how should we increase to ensure the, the, the participation and recognition of women at the high level of um, politics. And uh, the majority of us, all of us, we agree that uh, the political parties, in particular the ruling party, has a, 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 a has, has, has a major role to play. For example, in Namibia, um, I belong to the uh, ruling party, Swapo Party, and we have come up with zebra, zebra style. We are going for the poll in November in South Africa, I understand is in May. We ensure before that, we, 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 in the National Assembly, we go there on the party list. Um, as a ruling party, we have got two lists, women list, men list, and from there. And that's why you find an improvement of the representation of women in parliament. And here we have also, there were a number of uh, us who share that. And uh, in um, November, the session of PP was in Kigali, Rwanda. What a wonderful example in Africa. Women. Women. And we asked them the niche. They said the, the, the will, political will, of the president himself, and they themselves, and the harsh experiences they got during the genocide, and they vote to say enough is enough. And I was told that whenever they meet women, they don't exclude men. Whenever they talk the problem of women, men are also there. Probably those are the, some of the good examples in Africa we have to emulate. Rwanda is an example to the entire world, and you're so right. Our continent, we do have to, to emulate. 
staying with women in, in leadership, building female leadership capacity is, is important, as we've, we've just said, for the various reasons. But yet, there are so few political leaders. I, I look, Australia had a female prime minister. Mm. Uh, we had Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. We had Joyce Bunder. We had Amina Garib Fakim of, of um, Mauritius. Mm. Uh, now we've got Sahalia Work Zaweda of, of Ethiopia. You've had strong leadership in Namibia. Yeah. Do you think more countries are ready to have female president, prime minister? I should think they have um, to come uh, to where I come from. I should think Namibia is also ready to have uh, women as a president. Uh, you, you, you might recall that our vice president of the ruling party is a woman, who is also in charge of foreign affairs. And I also recall that a prime minister is a relatively young woman in the 50, and those are the women we are looking to. And I hope uh, probably come after five years, we are likely to have a, a woman president. And I should think the other African council, or council uh, other African country must also follow the example, but the resistance is there. And I should think we have to work hard, not only to convince the male, but also within us to trust our fellow women that they can also be leaders like anybody, like men. What I admired about your Deputy Prime Minister is that she wears two caps, yes. uh, three caps, mm -hmm. Vice President of the mm -hmm. Party, Deputy Prime Minister, and foreign foreign affairs, and I found in that in the conversation that we had, she said we we we're no nonsense. We we pull up, we put and do our work as we need to. Pull our socks up. Exactly. I should think the recognition comes. Um, she's one of those people who uh, joined the liberation struggle during their young age, and she was. Um, uh, pumped and prepared, in particular the foreign mission she took part in the struggle. She also had been uh, for a long time as a minister of foreign affairs. Not only here, we have a number of them, and there's no doubt that um, uh, he, has, he has got the element to be one of us. We hope. We hope. I will be watching the polls in November very, very eagerly. <laughs> No, um, sorry, in November, we, we still have endorsed, because in terms of our constitution, uh, the, the president should stood for five years, elected for another five years, ten years finished. Uh, as a ruling party, we have endorsed the current one, because it only finishes five years, we have endorsed the current um, one, uh, Dr. Hagen Kikop, to be our um, uh, candidate in the November one. We are talking after five years. It's not far. <laughs> then I, I, I reserve for the next five years my, my comment there. Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, and democracy. 
Today, we're talking to Ms. Lloyd Kasingo, who is the deputy speaker of the National Assembly of Namibia. We're here at the Pan-African Parliament, and you're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity. Globally, around the world, one of the things that I look at from a woman's point of view is that we work so hard, but we also do so much of the unpaid labor. We've got to cook, we've got to clean, we've got to take care of the children, and that means that there's less time for us to work in the workspace. We've got fewer hours, there's less pay. And I wonder from your point of view and, and perspective, what can we do to help with a more equitable distribution of unpaid labor? I should think the, the, as a lawmaker, we, we must, um, in particular in Africa, we must enact law to recognize the uh, work the women are doing at home um, in the communities. That's the only way we, we can contribute to that particular um, unpaid labor. Women are so strong in terms of caring, you know, a child for nine months, feeding it for almost um, uh, seven years, and managing the household in Africa, not only your own household, the whole kin family. So in that, you could see that women are very strong by nature. I should think if, we, if the lawmaker happened to come to assist them to make law, which will really benefit them in terms of recognizing the, the unpaid labor to make them even house commodities, then I should think it will change somehow the, the equilibrium of um, unpaid labor and paid labor, unpaid labor, of which the majority are women, in particular in Africa. You're completely right, and I, I think that is a it's a different way of, of looking at the problem, and I'm always looking for new solutions to, to issues that we have. Mm. The other point, we spoke a little bit about education. I, I know we were talking about it from a refugee point of view for, for girl children. Mm. We also spoke about it as, as contributing to, to women's development. Um, we've now just spoken about the unequal uh, distribution of, of unpaid labor. What would your advice be to women who find themselves torn between traditional and cultural expectations of them as, as mothers, as women in society, and yet their own personal needs to perhaps advance, to get an education, to start a career? I should think they should have confidence in themselves. And here, the different political party, in particular, the structure of women has a role to play to form uh, structures which not necessarily cut from urban, which goes deep into the rural area, and you know have a meeting with these people to recognize them. First of all, to recognize them of the the, the small labor they have, and to give them also. Um, literacy classes from there, literacy classes, and also those people who are involved in informal sector to design really um, uh, classes to enable them to finance their small activity step by step so that they can uh, 
build confidence. At the end of the day, they will climb the ladder, I should think. Thank you for that commentary and, and those aspects. It's very informed. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chakataka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. A program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Malka every week on this day at this time. Today, we're talking to Ms. Lloyd Kasingo, who is the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly of Namibia. We're here at the Pan-African Parliament, and you're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity. One of the special things about today, being here at the Pan-African Parliament, is that we are celebrating International Women's Day as the, the 8th of March. And this year's theme is Think Equal, Build Smart, Innovate for Change. Tell us, what does International Women's Day mean to you? International um, Women's Day, uh, to, to me, uh, it means that... Uh, we have to recognize the effort made by uh, women, whether to, in the liberation struggle, uh, during, after independence, and also to take into consideration the women who are in the lead, economically, educationally, and otherwise, not to forget about women on the grassroots who are a leader of farm. Um, uh, community activity or who are also leader of um, who also take part in small economic activities to motivate them to uplift them first to recognize the contribution the woman has made because um, like South Africa and Namibia we have a bitter struggle and that struggle both men and women took part in that struggle I remember uh, our founding um, uh, president, who was a Samani Roma, who said that uh, when you um, give a gun to a woman, and when the woman is facing the enemy, she never retreats. If that is the case, if we empower women economically, educationally, the world will be up. Because when you feed a woman, you feed the whole world. That's a powerful statement. Given your learnings, your experiences that, that you've seen and, and the move that we're, we're on, our, our track, how do you think Africa will look in 10, 20 years' time with respect to, to gender equality? There should be, because uh, the African Union has adapted, um, although it, 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 it's a bit far, um, uh, F, uh, uh, AU Agenda 2063, in the Agenda 2063, to me, we should not just wait to be there. We must start now to build step by step. And we are looking upon our mother body, AU, with its organ like Pan-African Parliament, the Court of Justice, to build in those institutions, not to forget women. 
and from there it should flow down to the regional government, to the regional parliament, and eventually to the national parliament, and it should reach the grassroots women. Now, as we come to the end of the show, one question that I ask all my guests who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields, because we use the show as a platform for younger ladies to learn from your experience and, and not have to walk the same journey you, you took to make life a little easier. Could you tell us, in your opinion, what have been some of the key factors to your success? I should think the key success, uh, the key factors, some of them I have mentioned to you, um, I joined the labor movement before independence. And during that time, we have, uh, two, we have embarked on two sorts of strategy, to fight for the right of workers as well to fight the right to get independence. And I should think, first, my mother was very strong. Uh, she was um, a Finnish missionary education. She was a teacher at that level. And I do recall that um, she, she, she taught us how to work home. And also, I do remember she told me to say that the education is a core. If you want to go up, you must trust yourself. You should not trust anybody to bring something good for you, not even your brother, not even your husband. Trust yourself. I should think. And also, I was um, surrounded by a lot of people who motivated me. But what causes me to be strong is my join in the labor movement. Because I find out wherever I go, my leadership is being recognized, even here. It's because of that. Uh, thank you for, th for that insight. That's very important. Your mom must have been uh, an admirable woman. And lastly, because it's, it's International Women's Day, could you please share a few words of inspiration or motivation for our young ladies that are listening to us? I have just to say that uh, young lady, stand up for yourself. Love yourself, what you do. Don't depend on a man to be a successful woman. Depend on yourself, depend on your peers, and then you move forward. Thank you for that message of strength, positivity, confidence, and self-sufficiency. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to the Deputy Speaker of National Assembly of Namibia, Ms. Lloydi Kasingo, at the Pan-African Parliament in Midrand. Thank you very much for your time. A pleasure and happy Women's Day.